Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 393. Before we get started, just a little housekeeping. For those of you who've been following the podcast, you'll know that I've been working behind the scenes on finalizing my book about Poshmark. I'm excited that I am just about done the final edits on the book, the last revisions. And next week, I'm going to have an episode devoted to the book, and I will talk about the release and everything. Uh, Knock on wood, hopefully everything goes to plan. But that episode, you can expect 394 on Thursday, which is the standard air date. 395 will air on Friday, and that will be the continuation of the summer movie series. So look out for two episodes next week. But today, for 393, we're going to continue talking about summer films. And one that I I really am excited to talk about is 1993's A Bronx Tale. It is a movie that is a classic in its own right. It deserves a lot of notoriety. I think it it got a lot of critical acclaim when it came out, but this was not a theatrical release. This was actually a made-for-HBO movie, and but it is produced with the quality of a theatrical release, and I would put it up there with some of the best movies about gangsters where mobsters were organized crime. I would put it up there with uh, a lot of the classics that you may associate with that genre. It is directed by Robert De Niro. I believe this was his directorial debut. He also co-stars in the film and does a, a magnificent performance. It is based on a story by Chaz Palminteri, who also co-stars in the mil- uh, movie. Is He's fantastic in this film, Who and he also wrote the screenplay. So let me give you a rundown. Of the cast, uh, as I mentioned, Robert De Niro, he plays Lorenzo Anello. Now, what's interesting is that he is not the mob boss in this film. And I know that that is an association that a lot of people have with De Niro in the genres, that he usually plays the head of the uh, the crime family or he plays the head gangster or mobster. In fact, he does not. He plays a, uh, a father who drives a bus and I am so glad to see him in this role. He does a magnificent job. And um, I'll share a little behind-the-scenes story about that in just a minute. You have, as I mentioned, Chaz Palminteri, who wrote the story and the screenplay. He plays Sonny Specchio. So really just referred to as Sonny throughout the film. He is the head of the uh, the local mob in the neighborhood in the Bronx. And he is kind of the, the chief of this particular territory. And the cast is rounded out. You've got Lilo Brancato. He plays Colodro, uh, who is also referred to as C. Anello. He is Robert De Niro's character's son. 
and uh, he befriends Sonny, and uh, that's what the the crux of the story is all about. And you've got uh, an amazing supporting cast, including Terrell Hicks, who plays Jane Williams. She's a high school student who uh, is a love interest for uh, Calodro, and then Catherine Narducci, who's uh, a great actress. She appears in a lot of films in this genre, as well as films outside of this genre. She plays uh, Rosina, who is uh, C's mother. So basic story, as I mentioned, uh, Sonny is the local head where he's the head of the, the organized crime in this particular neighborhood. Uh, the same neighborhood where Lorenzo is living and he's working as a bus driver raising his family and he's an honest man and C is starts the story starts out with C as his young kid and he sees uh, a violent um, crime on the streets and um, there's a scene where there's a lineup and the police have a lineup of all of these suspects, including Sonny and his gang. And uh, C is asked to identify who the perpetrator is. And C uh, doesn't give up Sonny. And they have an immediate connection there because he doesn't rat him out, as they, as they say in these movies, and uh, develops a bond with him. And uh, much to the chagrin of Lorenzo, who's really trying to keep C or Calodro out of the uh, the criminal element. Now, what is interesting, I'll share a little background. My understanding is that when they produced this film, when uh, Chaz Palminteri uh, per, uh, really wanted to promote and sell this film, one of the initial fights that he had with the studio was that they wanted to cast Robert De Niro as Sonny. And Chaz really had to fight to to get the Sonny role. And I think Robert De Niro backed him up on it. And in fact, they made the decision that Robert De Niro should really play Lorenzo and Chaz Palminteri should play Sonny. Now, it probably would have worked out fine if it were reversed, but I think the way they have it cast is absolutely perfect. Both De Niro and both Palminteri, they are equals. They uh, go toe-to-toe with one another, and they both give outstanding performances in this film. So one of the things that stands out is that Robert De Niro doesn't play uh, the head of the organized crime uh, or the gangster in this film. He's not the heavy He's just a, a dad who's also a bus driver. He pulls off the role with a plum. And, you know, De Niro is an amazing actor, so he's got a fantastic range. So clearly he can play uh, roles that uh, in films like these where he's not the heavy. And if you ever watch uh, another film which comes to mind, Awakenings, I think is also one of his most brilliant performances in which he's not playing a heavy. And uh, I, that's a movie that I actually consider talking about for the film series, but I don't think I'll have time to. I may cover that on a future episode or a future film series. But um, uh, so again, Robert De Niro has a fantastic range and he demonstrates that in this movie. So Calodro has this connection. He starts out as a young boy. He doesn't identify Sonny. Sonny is grateful. And Sonny has this club, and there's a scene early on. It's a brilliant scene. It really grabs you where C goes into the club, and he meets Sonny formally for the first time. And he's intimidated by him, and there's a brilliant scene. In fact, that's how he gets the C nickname is because 
Sonny asks him, what's your name? And he says, it's Kolodoro. And he says, whoa, that's a big name. I think I'm going to call you something else. I'm going to call you C. And they actually bond. And there's an incredible scene in which they're talking about baseball. And uh, C is talking about Mickey Mantle and and how he was so disappointed um, about something that Mickey Mantle did. And Sonny's reaction is, what, uh, Mickey Mantle, he's making $100,000 a year. Is he paying your rent? And then this establishes a connection between Sonny and C. It also causes a rift with his father because baseball is one of the things that Lorenzo and Calodro bond over. And later on, when Lorenzo finds out that C has met Sonny and that he's hanging around him, he goes in there and he stands up to Sonny and he says, you know, my son threw away his baseball cards because he said that Mickey Mantle won't pay his rent. And Sonny is like, the the look on his face, the expression, I think brilliant acting because you see the impact it has on Sonny. He realizes that his, something that he just said off the cuff really had an impact on this young young kid. And I think this is the first time he feels some sort of emotional connection. Almost, uh, this is about as close as he'll ever get to experience being a father. He's like, well, he said that. And then it causes this in, this tension between these two characters. And this is the heart of the movie. Inevitably, this movie really isn't about organized crime, although that's uh, definitely a theme throughout. It's really about fathers and sons. And that's why I think A Bronx Tale is a brilliant movie. Father, The theme of fathers and sons is is a theme that you see in so many wonderful films. The, think of the original Star Wars trilogy. Think about The Karate Kid and its sequel series, Cobra Kai. The theme of fathers and sons is replete throughout those great tales, those great stories. And here you have two father figures for C. You've got Lorenzo, who's trying to raise his son to be a hardworking, honest citizen. And then you've got Sonny, who presents this other side of life, this very seductive lifestyle. But what's very interesting is that Sonny is also trying to look out for C. He doesn't want him to necessarily end up like him. And in fact, what what I think is is interesting is that as we see C grow up, as he becomes a teenager, he starts to hang out with his own gang. He's very much in admiration of Sonny. So he tries to emulate him, including having his own club and and hanging out with um, uh, a gang. And Sonny is not having any of it. He's just, he's trying to tell him, stay away from these troublemakers. And there's a great scene where he's explaining to, to uh, see that really you're getting two educations. And this is actually retold through C's uh, internal monologue where he says, uh, basically, Sonny said, I'm getting two educations. I'm getting one from school and I'm getting one from Sonny, basically, you know, uh, life education or education on the streets. I would say he's actually getting three. He, he's got his school education. He's got his street education from Sonny, but he's also got an education from his father, which he resists for a long time. Uh, but that comes into play later on. Uh, meanwhile, as C is growing up, he falls in love with Jane, 
uh, wonderfully portrayed by Terrell Hicks. She's an African-American um, teenager whose family has moved into the neighborhood. And there's a lot of racial tension because this is the 1960s, particularly with Jane's brother and um, C's gang of, of uh, hoodlums. And there's a lot of tension. And that's one of the, the B stories of this film. And it's it's beautifully played out. It's it, very nicely interwoven. And you see C going back to Sonny. He goes to his father and he goes to Sonny getting basically two pieces of advice or two sides of of the advice on how to handle life situations. Um, So this is really what the heart of the movie is. And then the, the conflict comes in which C has to decide where he wants to go with his life. You know, he's got basically two roads. You know, he's got the road that his father wants him to follow, but then there's a possibility that he could follow in Sonny's footsteps and and become a lot like him. And there's this real tension because Sonny, on the one hand, is looking out for C. In some ways, he treats him like a son, and you see that in the film. But at the same time, because of the life he has chosen, he can't fully trust anybody, and that includes C. And there's a pivotal scene in which is a misunderstanding and Sonny really gets aggressive with C and 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 is implying that maybe C is is doing something he shouldn't be doing or is trying to sabotage his car and uh and C is just completely befuddled by this he said I I see you like a father why are you doing this to me and then Sonny basically says because I can't trust anybody and that's kind of the turning point and and this is what this film is about. It really is about the the tension and the conflict between these two father figures. So I, I will say this is a wonderful film. It's one that was produced for cable, if I remember correctly. It was an HBO exclusive. It should have gotten a theatrical release. I think this is a right up there with uh, some of the great movies in this genre. But this one is is a genre onto its own. It's a subgenre. Yes, this this could be put into that category of of mob films or gangster films, but at the heart of it, this is really about fathers and sons. So I'm going to give this a solid four and a half out of five stars. This is a near perfect film. It's one that will keep your attention from beginning to end. So let me kind of break down the good and the bad. And I do have a wish list uh, similar to I, what I had with The Rainmaker from last week's episode. So The Good, it's a beautifully shot film. The scenery, the soundtrack, it all evokes uh, New York in the 1960s. And because so much of it takes place in the summer, this is a perfect summertime film. Number two, standout performances, especially from Robert De Niro, Chaz Palminteri, and uh, Lilo Brancato as Calodro, as the teenage Calodro. And number three, I think it is a beautifully told story. It nicely weaves in the the B-plots, especially with the love interest with Jane. I think the family dynamics uh, with um, Lorenzo and Rosina, played by Catherine Narducci. You see the chemistry between the two characters as well as uh, their struggle to try to raise their son in this environment. So I would say it's just the story overall weaves in the characters very nicely. So beautiful, beautiful setting and soundtrack, standout performances, and the story is just nice and tight, and it just 
ties in all these different elements. Is there a negative I have for this film? I have two minor criticisms. Um, Catherine Narducci is wonderful. She has a small part in this. I wish she had had a little bit more screen time. The the mother character, Rosina, uh, she brings such spirit, and there is such chemistry, as I mentioned, between her and Robert De Niro. I would have loved to have seen her character developed a little more. The only other criticism, and I'm on the fence about this one, but there is a scene in the beginning in which as I mentioned, Lorenzo goes to Sonny and he's complaining about, you know, C throwing away his cards and and the influence that he has on him. And uh, they have this argument. But Sonny respects Lorenzo. And C says in his monologue that this was the only time that uh, Lorenzo and Sonny ever spoke to each other. In fact, that is actually not true, and this is a minor spoiler. Later on in the film, right after Teenage C has his misunderstanding with uh, Sonny, Lorenzo actually sees him. He goes to him. He says, is everything okay? Then he goes to Lorenzo, and he says, hey, what's going on? What did you do to my son? And then Lorenzo, and then Sonny hits him in the stomach, and it's a brief encounter, but technically that was their second interaction. Now, the second interaction is wonderfully acted. I kind of wish it didn't happen, though. I think it's actually very powerful, this idea that Lorenzo and Sonny only met really that one time. And if they had kept it to the beginning, I think the film would be even more impactful because this film doesn't go the way you think it will. You think that Lorenzo is going to get swept up in all of this. Well, actually, they're kept fairly separate, and I wish they had done that. I wish they had kept it fully separate. Although the second scene isn't bad, and as I said, it's wonderfully acted, I think it would have been even more impactful if that first interaction was the only one they had. So that's a, that's a minor criticism of the film. My wish list is that this was such a good movie that I wish they had made a prequel to it about Sonny's rise to power. I think this that would have been really interesting. And in fact, what I find fascinating about this genre is that nowadays when you think of connected universes, you think primarily of superhero films. Superhero films are all about universe building. I'm surprised we haven't seen something similar to that in this genre because it naturally lends itself to expanded storytelling. There's so many quirky characters and I haven't even really touched on the the characters the character actors many of whom give great memorable performances it would have been so interesting to see a prequel or a separate series about Sonny's rise to power and maybe a, a future sequel about what happens uh, afterwards you know I after a Bronx tale I think this type of film could lend itself to world building. So that might have been very interesting to see. Uh, Other than that, that's just me pontificating about what might have been. Where can you watch A Bronx Tale? Now, ironically, despite the fact that it's an HBO production, it's not currently streaming on HBO Max, which I find to be a bit of a head scratcher. HBO during the 90s and the early 2000s produced a lot of great films, and I'm not sure why you don't see the the full library on there all the time. It does pop up from time to time, and HBO Max would primarily be where you might find it. I've also seen it pop up from time to time on Amazon Prime. Uh, Currently, though, if you have cable, 
As of the airing of this episode, it will air this weekend on American Movie Classics or AMC, the cable channel. So if you have that, you can check your local listings. I think it's airing uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, So, uh, which uh, as of the air of this episode. So check your local listings for that. But this movie does air from time to time on different networks. All right. Uh, I will also have affiliate links in the write-up if you want to get this movie on physical media. I do own it on DVD. It is worth owning for any movie collection. So if you do collect physical media, this is a, a worthy one to add. And just as a reminder, next week, episode 394 will air on Thursday. That's going to be announcements about my upcoming book. And 395, which will air on Friday, which will be a continuation of the movie series. All right, have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review. It helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.